Hey everyone, and welcome back to sort of another episode of the Team Builder Podcast. I say sort of because this is actually a webinar that I held recently, and I've decided to publish it to our blog. So this webinar was held in conjunction with Rafe and Lachlan, who are my two good friends from Mind Muscle Project in Australia, which is the leading fitness podcast in Australia. And they also have a gym. And this is what the podcast or uh, webinar episode was rather about, was the locker room gym. So I decided to hold this podcast because they recently opened up Locker Room Gym this year and they beat their goal of reaching 100 members early. They did it in August as opposed to the end of the year. And here's the thing. You think to yourself, well, 100 members in a year. Okay, what's so good about that? Locker Room Gym is a different sort of gym. You have to pay your membership up front for the year. And I think it amounts to some somewhere in the neighborhood of $16,000 US to join. So in other words, you might be laughing, but it is a high-end gym specifically targeted towards business executives or business leaders. And the experience is a little bit different than what you would get at a high-end gym. And I wanted to sort of dig into that. Like, what does it mean to have a different high-end experience? What can you possibly deliver for $16,000 per year? And how do you market that? And how do you communicate your value proposition? These are all questions that were just like burning in my in my head and I had to get it out there. So we, we do this podcast together. It's really good. Rafe and Lachlan have a tremendous wealth of experience, both in the fitness business and just in business in general. And I always love getting together with them and hearing from them because in addition to running this gym, their podcast is just an amazing source of information for them, a wealth of knowledge from all sorts of business and fitness leaders around the world. So anytime I get these two in a room together, I just go crazy. I have to hear what they have to say. And uh, I really enjoy this one. So their audio is really good. They are professional podcasters <laughs> by profession, while I myself am, am just a hobbyist. So excuse the fact that my audio is not fantastic, but it's definitely listenable. And I think a lot of folks, whether they're in fitness business or not, will like to hear what we have to say. I'll introduce myself a little bit more here in a moment, um, but I want to um, introduce my hosts here as well. But first, uh, just say thank you for coming to this webinar. Um, we have a, a great sort of uh, presentation to do today, which I think is quite overdue. Um, but the timing is right, considering how far along Rafe and Lachlan have come uh, with Locker Room and how Team Builder has been able to play a part in that. You know, in addition to having a uh, like you know, a relationship in terms of Team Builder being used as an app and Locker Room being a client, you know, we've been partners with Locker Room for a long time. And I just super enjoy uh, the, the Mind Muscle po uh, uh, Project podcast and just all the stuff that you guys do for the fitness space. I kind of wanted to say that first and foremost is how awesome it's been to kind of you know, be a supporter of you guys uh, the last couple of years. Oh, man, it's definitely uh, a mutual experience. Yeah. We've obviously known about Team Builder for, wow, shit, probably years, seven, Since Connor eight introduced years, it, right? Yeah. End yeah. of 2019. Yeah, a while. And um, we've you just used so many of the other competitors and products, probably too many to mention the name, but essentially all of them. Uh, and this one is just like always outshone the others and always seemed because it's kind of like the last one we landed on after trying so many that it was just when we landed on it, it just was such a good feeling to know, okay, we've finally ticked all the boxes here. Like mm. almost out of all the softwares we use, and we use so many softwares, basically never really have issues with mm. Team Builder, which is pretty rare in the software space. Uh, uh, 
love hearing that. That's like meeting, it's like meeting the love of your life after 10 years of bad dating. <laughs> That's yeah, true. yeah. So don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Time to introduce ourselves. And uh, I'll start with myself. Uh, my name is Hugh Tomlin. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Team Builder. Um, I uh, oversee all the operations that are non-technical. So that includes sales, which I love, uh, marketing, which I also love, but I'm not great at, and then customer success, which uh, I am good at. So um, I started Team Builder over 10 years ago. We actually celebrated our 10-year anniversary in August. Um, wow. I started it with my college roommate and teammate, football teammate, uh, in college. And then today, uh, we have over 25 employees uh, as of uh, this Monday and over 3,500 customers uh, globally around the world today. And just a note about that, uh, I emphasize globally because a third of our customers are international outside of the United States. And I'm super, super proud of that fact because it means that, you know, we're kind of growing our reputation worldwide and not just sort of sticking to our own, uh, you know, sort of region. Um, and then I put this here. This is something I didn't use to mention, but, you know, I've sort of come to be proud of and I want to be able to say it while I can out loud. Um, I'm proud of the fact that at the moment, no one's left our company a team builder. So um, I've sort of had to reflect back and understand that over all these years, um, what our company has been good at is uh, talent acquisition and also employee retention and employee happiness. And you know, to that point, I think uh, in terms of running a business, how you treat your employees and how you treat customers ought to be really, really similar. I think uh, that that's been a key to our business is sort of uh, taking the same values and approaching both customers and employees. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, with that being said, I'll go to Lachlan and let him kind of go over his background. I'll do the same with Great. Yeah. Um, well, that's a uh, that's a hard one to to top that many customers, but um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I've basically started out out or started my first business with Raf in uh, two thousand. 2014 and I was 21 at the time um, we kind of together built um, the podcast but also started CrossFit gyms we were CrossFit athletes uh, we've had the fortunate opportunity through the podcast to obviously build relationships like this um, and then also tour the US uh, a few times we did a, a stint in Dubai and then obviously travel around um, other parts of Australia just interviewing different people and you know I think one one blessed position that we're in is that uh, through the podcast, it almost felt like through the journey of, of running gyms at the same time, we had an unfair advantage, you know, learning from so many different people, seeing how people do it better, seeing how people do it worse. And I think what that really did, it really uh, increased the speed of that feedback loop. And we got to apply so many lessons to the gym so quickly. And we got so much more exposure to software platforms, um, stuff, CRMs, um, training softwares, like even going into the States where platforms hadn't even launched in Australia and saying, okay, if this comes to Oz, we're going to jump on something like this uh, has been really good. So um, yeah, I guess kind of round that out now where we're at, we, we run Locker Room together. Um, three business partners later, the two of us remain. So uh, we've built a, a great team. I think there's 12, 13 yep. of us now. Um, and yeah, we're, we're currently, we'll get into it today. But yeah, we filled up our first location basically in a year of trading and we're planning to do a second location in about seven or eight months and hopefully can fill it up in even less time. So uh, the, the locker room journey is is um, just in its infancy, but we're enjoying the speed at which it's growing and the success that it's having so far. That's amazing, man. Thank you, Lachlan, for, for sharing that. And, and just to note, as a guest of your podcast, 
yeah, you have a lot of conversations on the podcast, and then you probably have a lot of conversations before and after the podcast that just are sources of knowledge for these guys as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Crazy, uh, Ray. Awesome. Nice to meet you guys. So um, obviously you just heard our story. I think what I'll add to it, um, so Lucky and I have been running gyms for, it is, we're going into our 10th year next year. Um, and to give you a bit more detail on our experience and tell you where it's gone. So we've basically gone from um, almost from just, you know, first starting out in the fitness industry, getting a gym with like 12 clients. It was a CrossFit gym. We grew it to the three full gyms um, and we stuck with the CrossFit methodology. So we basically did CrossFit training for a good six, seven years. We tried to put our own spin on it, turn it into more individualized training. Um, and then when COVID hit, we basically put a fork in the ground, um, closed one, sold two of the gyms and then decided to go in a completely different direction with it. So we had six, seven years of that um, group fitness, CrossFit type of training, um, that experience. And yeah, we're trained would have trained 500 to 1,000 clients easily in that time. Um, had, yeah, 10, 30 staff throughout the period. Um, and then now we've switched to a, a totally different model, which is where Team Build has become a way bigger part of it, where our relationship uh, with Hewitt has developed as well, um, which we've basically switched to completely individualized personal training, semi-private training um, in a different model. So we've taken on a lot of the fitness methodology we've always loved in terms of functional training, mixed it with uh, new loves that we've learned through the podcast and throughout our own training. Um, and then have developed something, yeah, quite unique in terms of the offering of semi-private and personal training for CEOs, executives um, in this area. Obviously, we want to spread it out um, beyond that. Um, we're just closing out the first location, but that is the direction in terms of like a fitness methodology that, uh, we're heading now. Yeah, perfect. And that's a great segue into talking about locker room as your current venture. I mean, you guys, between the two of you have a lot of experience, uh, in fitness and standing up gyms. And it kind of seems like being two seasoned veterans, this is kind of like the winning formula that you landed mm. on currently. Mm-hmm. So, uh, would you take a moment and explain a little bit about the concept behind uh, locker room gym beyond what I have sort of written here? Yeah, cool. So, I'll take this part. Yeah, I'm, I'm essentially where the gym idea came from. Um, probably the two distinguishing points from you know a CrossFit gym to what locker room is was when we started a CrossFit gym. It was very much let's create a gym for ourselves we were thinking about what would we want in a gym what would be awesome you know what kind of equipment would we want what kind of athletes would we want to train with what programming would we want to do which uh, i i believe is the wrong approach and the new approach we adopted for locker room which was let's think about a very specific type of client that we want to work with and what was the gym that they would want so rather than think about what i would want it's like okay what do they need and what do they want uh, and the client that we identified was made up probably 10% of our client base in our our group fitness gyms. And that was basically a business executive. So someone that was in the kind of later part of their working career, you know, uh, mid forties, has a couple kids, has a mortgage, holds an executive position, is either a founder, director, or yeah, C-level executive. So generally pretty high net worth, um, running a small business ideally for us or running a team of somewhere between five to 50 employees and really time constrained, hasn't put much time into their health, definitely values their health and fitness. That's important. We don't really work with people that have almost no gym experience. We want some previous training experience, whether it's home gyms or boot camps or personal training. 
and they just want something that can, they've, they're well-resourced, uh, but they want convenience, right? So they want to kind of put it all together. They want the nutrition coaching. They want the personalized training. They want a little bit of community. They want their medical stuff taken care of. We do blood work and, you know, metabolic tests, DEXA scans. So they want to just kind of bring everything under one roof and just be really time efficient. You know, they've got so many constraints on their time um, and they just want to come to a place and just not have to think about it. And they're happy to pay a premium for it. So that was really the the hole we identified in the market. This client, you know, they had some options. They had, you know, maybe I can get, go to a big box gym and get a great trainer, but they were still subject to lines on the bench press machine, lines on the squat rack, um, overcrowded changing rooms. Um, they could, you know, potentially get a really nice premium fit out gym, but the trainers there might, it might be hit and miss with the trainer. It might be too junior or they might be, you know, just not what they need. There's no community. They get sick of training one-on-one all the time. So yeah, we just kind of found um, a hole from a few different perspectives and, you know, with all big risks in business, it's a theory uh, until you kind of make that first sale and then it's proven. And yeah, it grew. I mean, we were projecting that it would, it would kind of fill up in December and we basically hit our capacity in August. So uh, it definitely grew a lot faster than we expected, which just showed us that there was definitely a hole in the market for um, what we envisioned Locker Room to, to fill. Damn. So uh, something's kind of hitting me here. You take the big box gym and like th- those people exist to kind of bring in the January 1 crowd. Or, you know, you think about like another maybe studio gym and they might do a 30-day challenge to get people off the couch. But you said specifically that you want you wanted your clientele to already have like a pre-existing relationship with fitness, like someone who, you know, had like a fitness journey was already in the middle of it or maybe towards the end of it. Is that because you saw your gym as like providing an upgraded experience to the existing gym experiences that are out there? So we, we just, yeah, exactly. So the problem with someone that's never done fitness before and they come into our gym and they see the price point and how much money we want upfront. They're like, this is insane. Why? I mean, we can get into the details later, but like, why do you guys want $20,000 for a year right now? I thought I was coming to a gym to pay $56 a week. They don't have, because they haven't paid for enough services, they don't have a good barometer of like where the value lies. So when someone's, you know, if someone's paid $50 a week and or they paid $10 a week, they kind of know what value they get for that. If they've paid $300 a week for a personal trainer before, you know, they know where that value, if they're group fitness, ever in between, they kind of know what they get at each value point. So when we come in with a certain price point, just to kind of break it down weekly around like sort of 350, 300 a week, they kind of have an expectation. Okay. I've paid something like this before, or I've gotten close to this market before I, here's my expected value. And then that's where we come in and we just over deliver on what they're expecting. And they go, wow, this is such a great experience. I'll also add Hewitt for more because Lucky does the sales and I do more of the the fulfillment for the training is that we also find that it's just so much simpler in terms of the types of programs we give, types of workouts we give when people are a more similar level. So we typically don't get the like fitness freaks either. Um, and we don't, we prefer not to get people that have never done fitness as well. Because when you just think about like the types of programs you write, the type of equipment you've got, even just the atmosphere in the gym, what type of cardio workouts you've got. If you're like catering to everybody and you've got the, you know, obese beginner first step into fitness and you've got the, you know, five breather gym freak who has already done a workout at 4 a.m. and now is rolling into your gym at 6 a.m. It's just, it's difficult to give them all a really good service. And it's much simpler, uh, more cost effective to get more people that are just more similar to each other. Even though we individualize everything, you still don't want to be individualizing for like wildly different people. Yeah, interesting. 
Um, one more question, and I'll keep the webinar going. Um, on the description on your website, you talk about, obviously, the things that you do offer your members and clients, but you also talk about things that you omitted uh, from your gym, like unnecessary amenities, I think was the phrase that you used. How are you able to determine what's an unnecessary amenity? Because you're charging a high price point, right? So I think it takes like a, like a, a very convict, like a big conviction in your decision to like take something away, right? As opposed to just adding everything possible. How did you know or decide what, what's valuable versus wasn't? That's just whatever's a distraction. There's just so much of those things that are high cost distractions for members. So they cost you a lot to provide, which might be like some sauna or some like brand new um, ice machine. Uh, and the actual value to the client for the reasons they signed up, which is often for us um, you know, getting fitness results and often networking or some sort of community building, it does none of those things in a realistic moving the needle way. Um, the, the, the biggest thing that our clients don't have is plenty of time. So when we're looking at amenities that take time, which might be like a 45-minute sauna session, they're just so low down on the priority list. What we, what we would love to invest in is like, yeah, like what are the best softwares to make things faster and easier for our clients to get the right stuff? What are the like best pieces of equipment that we can put in the gym that maybe people haven't seen before that will like hit the muscles in the right angle or are quick to set up or don't take up much space in the gym or can reduce injuries? Like that's where we want to invest. Um, and just like these like knickknacks that are really expensive that sound really good that don't move the needle at all. Uh, I think just in the end of the day, after six, nine months, the members haven't got results and that special sauna is not going to keep them at the gym. Yeah. Wow. It's a great point. Um, you talked a little bit about who your members are, um, but maybe you can uh, just take a few minutes and talk exactly about who these members are. And by the way, you, you mentioned that this, you weren't like doing a shot in the dark when you said that this is your demographic. You saw these people in your past experiences, but you decided to solely cater to them. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of an evolution, this thing. I mean, part of, you know, you call out a certain client that you want. Um, it's not always what you get or, or the process is refined over time. Um, and and that is that is the path that we kind of went down. But I would say we landed a lot closer to what we expected. Uh, but similar to what the client I um, described before, I mean, really even the language that we used to describe that client, it started as, yeah, business and industry leaders. And then it became a little bit more refined as like business executives, um, just to kind of broaden it a little bit because we didn't want to, the thing with business executives, CEOs and founders and directors, they don't really call themselves business leaders. So we wanted to use the language or how they view themselves. They go, yeah, I'm an executive in a company. They don't really say I'm a leader. They might be a leader, but they don't really call themselves that. So we did refine that a little bit, but obviously they still are in our eyes business leaders. Um, and then I think to kind of go towards that professional angle a little bit more is we did really want people that do hold that executive position. We have been fairly strict on that uh, in terms of you're either a director in the company, you're a partner, so you have some form of equity, um, you, you're a founder, uh, or yeah, you're, in, you're a C-suite, you're CMO, CFO, CTO, CEO, whatever that position might be. We're not perfect with that, um, but I think we got a lot more of that than we expected. I think initially we thought, okay, and some of the advice we were getting is like, look, you probably won't get as much of the top guys as you think. You'll probably get some of the guys underneath them, the senior management. So just be flexible there. But almost to our surprise, we've almost gotten 90% those positions. It's like once if you're just really hard and you draw a hard line and you stick to it, people tend to notice. They go, oh, there's a standard here. Let me bring someone in who I think would be a good fit for this gym. Whereas if they go, they've said 
executives, but I'm seeing a little bit of like, this guy's a bit junior or this is not really quite the right fit here. They they find it hard to refer because they don't really know. But when it's clear to the clients, okay, there is like a level of seniority here and, and, a, and a certain type of client that exists here, it's much easier for them to bring referrals in. And we get a lot of business through referrals. Uh, the majority of our business comes through referrals. I think that's really played into it. We've been really strict on who we bring in and set a high standard. And so for our clients, rather than thinking, oh, I probably know like 25 people that'd be a good fit for this. They go, I know one or two people that would be a great fit for this gym. And it's like, it would be a really great fit because it's only for these one or two people. And that person just said they want a new gym. I have to tell them about this gym because it's the exact thing for them. Where if there's 25 options, they're like, oh, I probably won't tell anyone because like there's just, I guess they'll find them eventually because there's so many of them. But yeah, when it is so so rare uh it is helpful another thing we did is we did cap the membership base as well so we did cap it sort of around 100 clients uh and that has helped with the urgency uh but just kind of round out the point uh maybe add uh, raf can add something that i've missed here but um one one other thing i think that that really helped you know make a a high-end member was and we didn't used to do this at our um, group fitness gyms was display the price on the website we i guess it's because we knew that in group fitness, and if people listening to this have a group fitness gym or you know, have used group fitness, it's become a commodity. And it's, it's been a commodity for a long time. It's been a commodity even longer in, in the States. So no matter, how to, no matter how nice your facility is or good your service is, if you're doing group training uh, and you're an independent brand, most people are going to lump you into the same bucket and they're going to compete on price. Uh, uh, but because what we have is such a unique offering, we display, we're very open with our price. We've got a massive publication in like a... Uh, a local Australian finance magazine. We're very open with the price there. We put the price on the website and that has been really helpful for helping to filter the clients. Um, I think when you create some ambiguity around the price and it's like, I'll only tell you on the phone call, that can, I think that works with the commodity because you kind of need to sell really hard in the beginning to stack the value before they then just lump you into the category with everyone else. But because we're our own unique thing, we could just come out and say, Look, if you don't have $300 a week minimum to spend here, then it's probably not the right fit for you. And I think that's been like, that's just been a really good filtering process for bringing the right inquiries into the gym. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You, you don't need to engage in a competitive process because your offering is so unique. Um, you might as well just put it out there. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. I have so many questions. We got to stay on track here. Um, so at some point, everyone who stood up a gym or like a fitness business, has to go through the decision-making process of what kind of equipment to bring in, what to invest in, uh, and, you know, comparing things. You talked a little bit about how you tried many, many softwares. Um, I thought we could start here by talking about the need of a platform for a gym to over-deliver to the member experience. I, it, it's more common today that I think that this businesses realize this sort of truism, um, but not everyone. And so I thought maybe you guys could draw on your past experiences and also your current experience in locker room to kind of articulate maybe how you decided that you, the use of a platform was indeed over-delivering to your member experience. Yeah, it is really important. I think that the, this tech part of it is one of the big reasons that so many people just end up going to the bigger chains. Like you often end up just going to Barry's and F45 and stuff just because like the booking class system works really well. They're like, when you get the program in the gym, it's like perfectly displayed on the TV and the whole system is uh, seamless. Where I think it can be tough for like smaller independent gyms, which is us, right? We're like not a multinational company starting off to match that tech 
aspect of it. And then it's just straight away, it's like, ah, oh, this is like a hassle. Didn't work as good as my previous gym and it, and it can be off-putting. So uh, we put a ton of effort in, into this whole area from like, yeah, from the booking class stuff all the way to to what programs they get in the gym. Um, and we just tried a lot of stuff, you know, and like I remember we were trying like pieces of paper, walking around in the gym, doing that type of thing, programs on people's phones, walking around doing that. And what we really had to do was just like literally look at the results of what was happening. We couldn't really just, like we couldn't really guess what was going to work. We had to actually see how does this play out every single time. And then eventually we started to find like the right, the right tech and the right software for us where it added to the experience in the gym rather than how we had it before, how we used to usually find stuff, which is the tech was always just a pain point. It was never the thing the client was like, oh, it's great that you have this tech. It was more like, oh yeah, like you guys are great, but you know, this thing's a bit annoying and, and this thing's a little bit annoying on the tech side of things because that's the weakness of independent gyms. Whereas if you can like really work hard, find out like what your unique gym needs, what, what's going to work best for your clients, you can, um, you can turn it into a strength. Yeah. Did we lose you for a second? Yeah, I think I, I thought I lost you for a second. No, no. This is my serious face. Uh, so it looked like I'd frozen. <laughs> I thought you just abruptly ended your... your uh, no, no, that was it. That was it. He does do that sometimes, yeah. though. Yeah, no, you make a really good point. You know, some of the most successful brands in the world uh, that offer fitness services, yeah, they decided to bring their tech in-house because there is not a lot offered out there that is really providing a great experience as far as delivering those services. And yet you have the CRM that allows you to book uh, the class and, and manage your payment. And I'll get into that a little bit because I have some thoughts there on how that kind of differs from the product that we offer. Um, but being an independent gym kind of puts you, yeah, you're right, at a little bit of a, a step behind because you have to kind of go to the market to utilize your resource. So in, in that case, you know, I'll, I'll jump in here and talk a little bit about why a platform in my eyes has, uh, with my customers and my experiences, turned out to be a really important thing. Um, you know, gold, like evolution of fitness, we all know this, right? Like gold's gym, big box, and then it turned into, you know, uh, group fitness classes. And then you kind of had like the boutique experience. It was like group fitness classes, but you kind of felt like you were getting an individual sort of experience while you were in there. Berries, F45, uh, SoulCycle, they all sort of did this. So the expectation has kind of changed. Like the bar has been raised by some of these players that you've mentioned because They've taken a group fitness experience and they've made it feel a little bit more personal, even though you are participating in a group fitness experience. Um, the second thing that I've noticed is, uh, and I use Peter Drucker's quote here, he's like an all-time GOAT of you know, business executives. What gets measured gets managed. And as a coach, you can tell when someone is getting stronger by using the eye test. Um, yes, if you're experienced, you, you ought to be able to do that. And you ought to be able to see if someone is, you know, achieving their goal aesthetically. And you can tell if someone's mood and energy has improved since they've been with you. And those things are valid. Um, but and I think today, in today's age, it's still not enough. Uh, the objective measuring is sort of like the proof in the pudding. It's kind of like your proof of work to the client or to the members that what they're doing is working. Um, so especially in your case, if you're bringing in... Uh, you know, quote, high-performing high persons, uh, people who are business executives or are successful in their careers and so on. And then you try to tell them that, hey, you don't really need to measure your progress more than eight to 12 weeks or, you know, on a quarterly basis. 
you know, they're not really going to take that seriously mm. because that's not how you do your job. You might be looking at metrics on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, but you don't, you know, <laughs> you don't uh, take a look and, and sort of measure your performance in your business or your day-to-day department or team every eight to 12 weeks, which is, you know, sometimes common. Um, and then the other thing is, is that as membership rates uh, go up because we're providing these higher quality experiences, we have to remember that the expectation is going to come up with that. And it's going to also require some degree that resembles uh, individualization. And yes, anyone can benefit from coming in uh, and doing a training session. And they're going to burn some calories. They're going to be a little bit stronger. And they're going to, you know, get their heart rate up in those things. Um, but the individual experience is still important to people, especially as they sort of step up and start purchasing higher quality higher end services. Um, so those are some of my thoughts on why the platform uh, like Team Builder is so ubiquitous and necessary today is because the playing field has changed. It's not as level as it used to be. Um, so that those are some thoughts. Um, so kind of rounding out thoughts about why Team Builder specifically has been a powerful platform for, for gyms like Locker Room is that um, this app is first about the client and their convenience and their personal growth. My body and the gym CRM are, are absolute necessities to running a gym. But at the end of the day, it's a way to get your clients into classes and it's a way to kind of get their payment on track and on time and on schedule and, and, and validated so that they can continue being a member. Um, team Builder is kind of like the opposite. It's about making sure that the member is getting their programming from the, the gym, from the coach. It's about making sure that their uh, progress is actually being tracked, that they have a chart. Uh, showing them how they're improving, uh, that they have a way to sort of like prove their work to themselves. And uh, I kind of go on to say that your team builder profile is sort of a representation of your fitness journey. And I have a distinct memory about this where I was training at a gym in Washington, D.C. And um, this is a higher end gym downtown uh, with you know fewer members and sort of a higher cost. And they were using team builder and I was a member there training with them. And we were all out to drinks after a particular training session. And um, someone said, hey, you know, my uh, back squat or whatever, you know, has really improved these last three months. And that was one of my goals. And then they proceeded to take their phone out of their pocket and actually pull up their back squat chart and show the person next to them. They weren't even talking to me. And I had a moment there and I was like, man, this is pretty cool. This person is proud of themselves. They've accomplished something. And then the way that they're sort of proving that or exhibiting it is that they're using, you know, the team builder app to kind of show for that. And um, I thought to myself, that was a pretty cool moment because uh, outside of your gym, there will be moments where your clients will want to talk about the great work that your coaches are doing or that the, the experience that your gym is providing. And I feel like a platform like Team Builder, specifically Team Builder, can kind of be that visual representation for that experience. Um, so those are kind of my you know two things about why a platform is more relevant today than ever before and why the Team Builder platform uh, is there. So with, with that kind of being said, do um, you guys want to talk a little bit more specifically about how Team Builder is specifically used in the locker room gym setting with its members? Yeah, and when that, that last example you gave, that's exactly what we do as well. Because uh, we do renewals for the gym. So like obviously where you're sitting down and like, hey, you know, you've done six months, do you want to recommit for 12 months? And all the gym owners and PTs on the call would probably know. So often clients are like, yeah, I think I've made a little bit of progress. And you're like, dude, you have like done this, done this, gained 20 kilos on this lift and they've like, you know, they've forgotten, right? Because they got 
other things in their life they're thinking about and kind of that just remember the last few weeks. So we do exactly the same thing. We just like pull out the chart. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Everybody loves a chart, right? And then particularly the people we get at the gym all over charts. Um, and it just sets, it just puts them in that frame of mind. You know, they go into that next question of like, should I continue at this gym in the frame of mind of like, I'm making enormous progress because that's what charts that start at the bottom on the left and go up towards the top on the right. That's what they mean. So uh, very effective. So how we use at the gym, exactly what you said. So we have a CRM that does um, like memberships, classes, stuff like that. We don't even use it for billing because I'm so anal on the uh, transaction costs that we do the billing elsewhere. Uh, but then we wanted to get the best thing for programming. So we we take we don't use that CRM at all for programming. We do it all through Team Builder. Um, we use it all the way down from as soon as a client comes, um, we use it for the assessment, recording the results of the assessment uh, when we do that first PT with a with a client. Then we go away, we write the individual program in Team Builder. Obviously, they're set up on the app. We white label the app as well. So we pay that extra bit to you. Totally worth it because we get our logo on it. The cli- Honestly, the clients don't even realize it's Team Builder. They just think they're using the locker room training app, um, which is amazing. And they think we've got a hidden developer team somewhere in the back office. <laughs> uh, and... And then, and then as soon as they get to the gym, we don't let them use it on their phone. So we we just try and keep phones off the floor of the gym uh, for obvious reasons. These people are busy and always getting phone calls. So we set up iPads all throughout the gym. So we have like, I think like four iPads at the gym. Um, and on those iPads, we can display one program, two programs, three programs, all the way up to four programs really easily um, on that screen. And then we'll have each client's program on the screen where they put in their results every single time. We have videos built in, but we don't really use them on the floor um, because we're obviously demonstrating and and coaching the client. Uh, We we put in the results from every exercise, A series, B series, C series. So when they go to each exercise, they always check or the coach checks what they did the previous week. So we use it to like progress every single week. Um, And then we use it off the floor, obviously. So they do have the app on their phone. As soon as they go away, they'll either follow the same program with videos that they normally do and follow the same scores they normally do or we'll upload like a travel program um, based on whatever hotel they're going to use. So they, they, the app really comes into its own when they go away. That helps us make more money because we like don't have to do as many holds at the gym um, and it all helps us get better results because the clients, you know, they still train um, when they're obviously away. And then we use it in as part of the, we don't use it as part of the initial sale, but we use it as part of the resale process. So like we put together all the graphs and we show them the results, um, even some of the results they've had outside of, just the, the gym training, you can like add in extra metrics on Team Builder like body weight and body fat and stuff like that. We'll package all that type of stuff up and then we'll use it as a pre-frame to get that next sale um, with a client as well. So yeah, that's the primary ways we use it. But a uh, quick question, um, what matters to the clients? Like, is it the same for everyone? Is it different for folks? Um, how do you kind of pick and choose which metrics to kind of come back and represent to them and can team builder accommodate all those preferences can i, can I just quickly jump mm-hmm. in and add something here just to that question what matters to clients one of the, the the main impetus for switching over to team builder initially was the weight room view um in a semi-private model you have like multiple streams of programming individual programming going at one time and like one frustration that we had with our previous software was it was restricted to a phone so or like one or like one device could only house one program. And what that meant was all our clients are walking around the gym on their phone and we're trying to coach them and we're trying to pull up the next set and look at this and see what's coming next and organize the next piece of equipment. And our gym's really black and everyone's phone, when it's screened up, is black. 
And so we phones would just go missing during the session. So they would be like halfway through a program and they're like, what's next? I'm like, yeah, can you grab your phone and open it for me? They can't find their phone. And it's like, we started getting a lot of friction with clients with their phone. Now with the iPads around we, the gym. We also broke the screen of one member's phone as well. Yeah, so it was just a, it was just a really bad, ex- and, and that would have been a bad experience if it was a TV, if it was an iPad, if it was a laptop, whatever, being able to only have one program up. The fact that we can have multiple iPads, four, four programs per iPad all through the gym, it just, it, the way that it increased the efficiency of the gym, like from, okay, coaches being able to see what's next, clients being able to enter their scores, people looking at video demonstrations, like it made like such an operational difference that it's like almost hard to put into words, even put into dollars, like how, how much of a difference it made. Yeah. And it, in terms of, I guess, what they care about, everyone's different. So what we try and do is have like one major goal for every client um, in terms of like maybe they want to grow their bum, but that's like we'll do a you know a lift that's an indicator of that and then that'll be the thing they track and that'll be the thing we show them on renewal. What I will say is that a lot of the time, you know, fitness is tricky and a lot of the time people don't make progress on maybe the thing they really wanted to make progress. I mean, we all know that happens. Things don't always go to plan. But what we find is that showing them other areas they've made progress, like even someone that feels like they've plateaued is usually making progress in some area, on some lifts or in some body parts. And being able to show them that is really, really effective. And then what you usually find, even though it's not the thing that like they, they primarily wanted to see get better, they're like, yeah, you know what? Like my, my squat didn't go up, but you're right. Like I used to do two pull-ups. I can do six pull-ups. Like, yeah, that's sick, you know? And it, and it can really um, switch their mindset from something where like, oh, I'm maybe getting burnt out, plateaued at the gym to like, you know what? I actually am making progress. Yeah, yeah. And this, the very specific tracking and loading of your clients too, that those little margins, that's where the gains are made. Yeah, and you guys know this from being fitness professionals for years. The thing with group training is that, you know, so, someone may not, and, and often not will be, you know, hitting their th- thresholds um, and hitting the margins where those gains are made. But specifically in the app, when it says last week you did this, yeah, and you said you've been been drinking enough water and sleeping well and all those things. So this week you ought to be trying to get that plus five or that plus ten. You know that those kind of margins are are where the gains are made. And you mentioned weight room view. Uh, just so everyone listening sort of understands the context. Weight Room View is, is our app on an iPad that's mounted to a rack or somewhere within the vicinity of like a training station. And uh, it was originally created for teams because in a professional team environment, you can't bring your phone into the, the training room. You have to train, you know, with full focus. And uh, at the same time, every individual on the team in a high-performing professional organization is doing something that's specific to them in terms of their weights and reps and loads. So that's where weight review come in. So you're sort of using a pro caliber, you know, tool with your clientele by using weight review. I love weight review. <laughs> it's my favorite feature. Yeah, it does. And, it, you know, it actually it kind of builds that sports atmosphere environment as well. Now you mention it. Like it is a bit like a big rugby team kind of all training together. Multiple coaches working the floor. No one's wearing their headphones. Like everyone's got their own little programs, um, but everyone's kind of working hard together. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I oftentimes, depending on my situation, have to train on Team Builder on my phone. And uh, I sort of hate it because, you know, I think back to my competitive mm. collegiate athletic days. We didn't train with a phone because, you know, it, you're there to train. And, you know, of course, it's a necessary evil sometimes, but you're right. If you can kind of get rid of the phones because you're with your phone all day, this is the moment where it's time to, yeah. you know, yeah. trigger to train. 
it's, it's a different experience. You're exactly right. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so let's talk about, and you know, I mentioned group training here, but obviously no group training at Locker Room. Um, building flexibility in a platform. So you do personal training one-on-one, and then you do the semi-private. Um, and Team Builder supports you in both of these products that you offer. Yeah, definitely. So personal training would be like examples is like when we first start clients, we do assessments, then we do reassessments and we want to be able to like obviously measure all the results of that store it somewhere in that sense. Um, I do think, I mean, maybe there's other softwares that do that as well, but like the semi-private thing is where it's just um, unbelievable with the weight room view we just talked about because so much of it just comes down to like being able to display things um, at the end of the day to get that right environment. It still does also work in some ways, I guess more of a group example is sometimes we will still use it for things that haven't been individualized. So we'll just have some like template holiday workouts that they'll be like, oh yeah, man, this is like a really fun locker room holiday workout that we'll upload to them. Um, It's not a group workout, but I guess it's not individualized for that. But it's just like quick and easy. They really like it. And it's just a way that um, we can still offer just like some template stuff um, for when clients are away. Well, one of the the one of the things I love about the platform, which is um, yes, again, just like huge credit to what you guys have done, is um, and I, I really think you only understand, like you only make your product this good by like really listening to the customer, and I think like that's pretty evident with what you guys do. Um, like one of the things that I love is being able to quickly switch out the movement and write reasons why you switched out the movement. It's like, so for example. One of my clients, our head programmer writes my program for me and he's, I've just used it in the app and, you know, he's really busy. Like I'm really fortunate that he just writes the program for me amongst all the hundreds of other programs that he's managing. Um, and so I know there's going to be stuff in there that he writes. I'm like, there's going to be a bit of back and forth here for me to get this perfect. But rather than waste more of his time because it's so precious, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to like, I can't do a barbell press. So I'm just going to change it to something else really quickly in the app. And it's like, why did you change it? Because of injury. And I change it to something else. And then it's stored there. And then there's a note there for the next week. And so he can look at it and be like, oh, cool. Oh, that's why I locked. Okay, so don't do barbell press anymore because he said, oh, because he has an injury for it and he he subbed it for a dumbbell press. I'm just going to do dumbbell press now. And so we just saved potentially like a back and forth of me texting him to call him or whatever, a Slack message. We, We saved that back and forth. and I did it in the app and that's, something that scales out to all of our coaches and clients. So they can just do it so easily. So, you know, when coach Levi is training Mirza on Tuesday and he subs something out because he hurt his back and he lets everyone know, in case a coach misses that, it's in his program for next time. So like next time that deadlift comes up, the notes in there, why they subbed it last time, why I was injured. And so it's just like those little small things that you don't really think about when maybe you're a PT with like five, six, 10 clients, 15 clients, because you're kind of managing everything. But when you have 10 coaches and 120 clients, it's those little things that if they, it's a small problem, it's as it starts to scale, it's a huge problem. And like all of a sudden the service diminishes, right? It's like clients like, why did you give me a deadlift again? You know my back sore. It's like, you should be getting that right. If you're gonna charge clients this much, every coach on the team needs to know that they subbed they subbed it out last week at this time because they got an injury and now they're doing this, uh, this movement instead because this, and it's done for you. So like, it makes us look really good uh, just cause you guys really thought about it from a back end customer and like coach perspective. So that's super helpful. Yeah. And look, any one of your clients would understand that as you scale, you have to eliminate inefficiencies at the margins because those are the ones that compound to be big nuisances over time. Yeah. Um, 
And you're right. We, we, we have done a good job, I think, at listening to customers and understanding who our customer is, which everyone who's listening to this webinar, you know, who's a coach or a trainer, um, that's our customer. We don't do a whole lot with the clients because that's the coach's job or the trainer's job. So when you talk about opting out of exercises, you know, we need coaches to tell us the ideal way uh, a client, if they can't do something, ought to be funneled in, into an alternative. And the coach knows that best, which in Team Builder is the tag feature. If you tag things similarly, then they can actually choose from something that's a relatively similar exercise and not let the client at their own discretion choose what an appropriate alternative is because that's not what they exist for. That's sort of what the coach exists for. Yeah. Um, if I had my way, I would, you know, I would always uh, opt out of a front squat and just do a barbell curls. Yeah. That's why yeah, we can tell you got an, you've done enough curls. Yeah. Look at that. That thing is like legs, legs are off camera. Maybe it's the angle. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, this is America. You never do enough curls. <laughs> 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 um, all right. So let's talk a little bit outside the gym. Like, look, I, I put this quote here about the other 23 hours. I don't know if y'all use this phrase, but I think anyone who's been a coach or been a trainer understands that. You can't have a lot of impact on someone with the training session. You can give them a big dose of medicine while they train with you. But if they sabotage themselves in the other 23 hours of the day, it's going to, you're, you're fighting upstream without a paddle. You know what I mean? Um, so maybe you could talk a little bit about how your clients sort of view the other 23 hours and then maybe how, you know, how does Team Builder or you know, other, maybe even other tools that you use sort of influence your, your way into making sure that clients are are sort of complying with the, the plan that you lay out for them. Yeah, so we, we do obviously support clients outside of the gym. We'll probably do it in two ways. One, we'll have about 30% of the clients that do intensive nutrition coaching at 81 stage. So that's like, that's kind of the all in. That's like, set a goal, we're going to do this, we're going to do 10,000 steps a day, we're going to track our calories or do some sort of diet manipulation that you know works for their lifestyle. We're going to do weigh-ins every day that we're going to track. We're going to do questionnaires on a Sunday. Like, we're going to do the whole thing, um, and it's basically like we're going to get to this result. Um, so we'll do that. And then with all clients, we'll just have some metrics that we track. Uh, and what we usually find effective is like, unless you really charge for it, like we do with nutrition coaching, you can't deliver that intensity to every single client. But what you can do is just like track some basic things. So in some software, like Team Builder can do it. Um, but as long as you're tracking you know, maybe steps, maybe you're tracking um, just their body weight or tracking their body fat, um, or maybe you're looking at their sleep on the whoop, a few metrics like that, then you can just like open the conversation with a client. So it might be sitting down for like their goal setting session. You're like, hey, you know, looking at the app here, like your weight has gone up, you know, over the last uh, three or four kilos over the last six months. That's not really to do with anything we're doing in the gym. There's something going wrong outside the gym. So like, should we have a conversation about about what's happening outside the gym? Um and that's a pretty good way. And I find that it's kind of like not too, uh, not too just like demeaning the client. Like, oh, you've obviously been drinking. You obviously have been having a bad lifestyle. It's just like, hey, this is like kind of the numbers that we're seeing on, on our tracking. What do you think? Like, do you want some more support outside the gym? So that's like our typical way. Like either we'll, we'll invite them to pay for it and go really intensive, do all the tracking, do that type of stuff. Or we'll just track some small basics that, that way we can get red flags. And when the red flags come up, we can open the conversation. But really, I mean, if we're not getting red flags, they're getting leaner, they're enjoying it, they look good, um, then we just kind of leave them to it because it's working. Yeah, awesome. So like by definition, I'm a business executive and I don't travel as much as I used to, but uh, I still travel quite a bit. And I will say that 
travel is one of the biggest saboteurs of like a good training routine because um, it, you're hard pressed for time as it is. Your routine is off. It's hard to get access to good food on the road because you're away from your regular food sources. Um, and then your you, hotel gyms and whatever access you have to facilities are, are unpredictable. So I, I'm of the belief that like the cards are stacked against you as like a traveling business executive. I, do you feel the same way? And like, how do you sort of mitigate uh, that? Do you treat the workout programs that you write for people on, on the road just as seriously as you treat the training programs that you design for inside your facility? Like, what's your approach? So we, uh, one of the other things I think I saw you wearing it, Hewitt, is we use a whoop band um, for most of our yeah. clients. Yeah. So we, we do get a look at um, how travel is affecting their sleep, how it's affecting their recovery, how active they are when they travel. Um, and I think really, you know, it functions more as accountability on their perspective as well. Uh, but to come to the actual workouts, the mindset we get our clients to go in with is maintenance. So we just like to think of travel workouts as like, there's the goal of a travel of a travel workout routine is to one maintain your routine so feel like you've made the effort to get up whether it's 25 minutes before you're supposed to be up to do some push-ups and some sit-ups and some squats or it's go down to the hotel gym and do a workout or it's find time to go to a local gym um any of those three maintain the routine and two don't be a hero like this is the opportunity of honestly just ticking a box just like go in just lift 60, 70% of what you normally do, get a little bit of a sweat on, clear your head, um, tick the box for the day, just so that when you get back, you don't feel like you haven't trained for a week, for two weeks. And I think that's like the <laughs> unfortunate mindset of all type A business executives who always driven by improvement and numbers. It's hard to spend a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is on the road and be like, the goal is to maintain. But if we can... Yeah get that across and be like if you know if you can just come back and then do a session and not be sore and just hit the numbers that you were close or at least within 10% of what you did before you left then that's perfect because that is how we're going to make long term progress by able to go through a phase of progress maintenance progress maintenance progress maintenance versus progress regression progress regression progress regression that's how you make no progress in the long term so that's how we get our clients to treat um workouts while they're traveling and that's generally been a really good uh philosophy that's that's paid off yeah no i think that's fantastic so again i'm just drawing on my personal experience um it feels like uh i'm either scrambling and i'm stressing to sort of like make the same progress that i would if i was home in my regular routine which is stressful because it's just hard to do on the road and then the other side is i'm not going to achieve the same progression as I have been in my routine back home. So therefore, I'm letting my whole routine go. And I mean, you know, sometimes you can kind of swing between the two. So you're sort of like, you're endorsing sort of a compromise, like a moderate approach, uh, somewhere between those two. Yes. Yeah, correct. Yeah. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, so yeah, we talked a little bit about this. Team Builder is a remote delivery uh, app. Uh, I'm going to take some time here. I think we did have someone ask a question, but I'm going to do some Q&A here uh, for anyone in the audience that asked a question. And by the way, someone did ask uh, something that I, I answered in the meantime. They asked if Team Builder was also a tool that allowed someone to book their session uh, as well as show up and get their training program. Uh, the short answer to that is uh, no. Uh, you still need to use something like My Body. By the way, guys, what do you all use for uh, booking uh, uh, sessions or uh, like uh, payment processing? 
We um we migrated over to wellness living um about a year ago and we're getting ready for uh-huh. for helping locker room. And that's been the best thing we've found. Like none of those software for our needs. Yeah, for our exactly for our kind of unique needs. We've used Wattify in the past, which was quite good for group. Uh and we've used Mind Body, um, which is just pretty awful experience. Uh yeah, but like all, all those apps, I mean, they're all that none of them are like as seamless as like a team builder or something like that. They all have their challenges. Um, but for complex bookings, like lots and lots of sessions, lots of staff, um, you need something a bit more robust, like wellness living, that is more complex to set up, but you can just individualize way more to your gym. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I don't want to take this thing off the rails at this point, but um, I feel like it's an appropriate time to say, um, because of our progression into the private facility and gym space, um, James and I, the two owners and team builder, were always interested in whether it was helpful to sort of consolidate team builder into like a gym management software. And we actually made a recent acquisition uh, of a platform out of Europe um, that was uh, built originally as a mind body competitor. And they needed a new ownership to sort of take it to the next level. And we sort of stepped in and, and did this. So this might be the first time that I publicly announced that. And it will be some time before this is market ready. Um, so, uh, the goal eventually for us is to sort of take the good work that we've done with team builder and then actually parlay it into a gym management, uh, suite as well. So that when your clients sort of on board to your gym, instead of saying, Hey, download this app, this app, this app, mm-hmm. it's one last, one less app for them to download onto their phone. So that's kind of our vision for the future. Man, one less app is nice. That's, that, that's, that's where exciting. we're at the moment, which yeah. is just, um, yeah. we, we have pretty good tech, but we have too many apps. That's like, we know that we have too many apps. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people find that in all sorts of things, right? They've got Whoop, they've got Apple Health, they've got Strava, like even just, you know, all of us who are into our fitness. And like, yeah, I think the future, um, less apps that can do more is going to support everyone. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I think this is a global sort of uh, thing that, that folks have talked about is there's a lot of good tech out there, but everyone's doing something different. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a client in a gym and, and, you know, there's three apps, there's team builder, there's my body, and then there's my fitness pal for nutrition logging. And it's just, it's just too much. It's a lot on the phone. It's a lot to, to get someone to do. So, uh, this is, you know, part of our ambition going nice. forward. So we, we want to try to kind of consolidate some of these things. Yeah, I love to hear that. That's really exciting. Yeah. I think, um, there has been a hole in the market for, since gyms have existed for a CRM platform that is as good as what Team Builder delivers. Now, I understand that like maybe the the needs of a CRM is is more difficult than what Team Builder is now, but you know, also growing businesses is building a great team, and you guys have that in place, and that takes a while. So, I imagine you'll be able to uh, speed that process up. So, does that mean it's now an American company, or you still got the team in Europe? Um, well, it's an American company. Uh, yeah. This this company it was built by three founders, sort of similar to what James and I did. Um, but they were all ready to walk away from it and were just basically bringing the software as an asset into the team builder family and sort of taking control of that. Nice. Cool. Yeah, awesome. No, that's exciting. So what's the timeline on that look like? Hard to say, right? But Well, we're hoping in the first half of next year we come out with the, the rebrand well, and you know, have, it, have it market ready for anyone to sign up and, and use. So... Um, you know, I just, I love the original vision of it is they kind of turned back the clocks and said, you know, mind body is sort of the monster in the space. What could happen if we were to rebuild mind body today? Like knowing what, what everyone mm-hmm. knows today. 
And I thought that was a pretty clever approach to it. So the the, the whole sort of experience is a little bit more modern than kind of like the legacy mind body happens. And I think that's that's a good start. And will it be targeted at a specific type of gym? Like I know mind body is used a lot for like dance studios and yoga studios. That was like really their core. Yeah. 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 So th- this product actually was sort of built for yoga studios and we will be sort of transforming it because of team builder to be more for for gyms like strength training gyms yeah oh cool yeah awesome yeah all good things start in yoga apparently (laughs) i guess so yeah some somehow black tights yeah that's that's a that's a good thing i like black tights yeah yeah maybe because there's like a million yoga studios yeah there's just yeah they got volume so many yeah yeah, they got no basic, problem. basic. Yeah. Um, so um, Q and A, we had a couple. We we did answer them. Um, so we'll move on past that. But um, any closing remarks or anything like that? I mean, I, I did want to say this without necessarily like encroaching on your your vision. But if your thesis has proved out to to do this well so far, it, you mentioned this future location, like. I'm thinking future locations, but also the members of these gyms probably have an interest in kind of getting to know each other across these locations, right? Like that seems like a natural community bridge between these different future locker room gyms. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the vision was that at some point with, you know, with the international travel schedules that our executives have, they work for obviously like global investment banks and stuff, you know, they've got to go to New York or they've got to go to Singapore, they've got to go to Melbourne, another city in Australia having a locker room there that they can go to or multiple locker rooms they can visit, be able to book in pretty seamlessly to a session so that they, yeah, rather than do a hotel workout, they can go, I can do my, my full training schedule in the gym, get the same experience. It works exactly the same, um, same style of sessions. Um, I can, you know, meet other executives over there, meet other gyms and, and really not miss a beat with their training. Not only does that work on our end in terms of most people won't ever have to finish a membership, it's kind of a membership for life program, like a global community. Um, but yeah, the client experience is like I can can maintain, if I have to move to New York for three months and build up the business there or move to London or whatever, they just keep their membership and they just transition to another gym. Yeah. And you know how this works when people book travel, they, they do it strategically around what they need to kind of support their business travel. Like if the hotel is near the locker room gym, that, that's going to be a consideration from there on. So I think you're spot on with that. It makes a lot of sense. And uh, like I said, it's almost like, you know, the country club was probably the earliest, you know, uh, version of this. And then like the sofa houses and things. But yeah. I'm just thinking about myself. If I'm a member of this locker room location and there's another one in this city, I probably have a lot in common in terms of interest and people mm-hmm. to know in that city, in that locker room gym. It just makes a lot of sense. It takes a lot of boxes for me. Yeah, I think if at some point if there's a, a, a private way to kind of oversee who's there and you say, oh, wow, that executive from that company trains, you know, at Locker Room in Sydney and, you know, I train at whatever Locker Room in LA and it's like, I would love to meet that person or whatever, you know, shoot them a message through the app and just be like, hey, what, when do you normally train? I'd love to catch up for a coffee or whatever and I'm this executive and I think we could do this together. I'd love to pick your brain and if there's alignment there, um, then I think that's a pretty pretty big value add for our clients. Yeah, it's a pretty compelling you know, proposition for a community. There's no doubt about it. Awesome. Um, guys, we're coming up on the end of the hour. I just want to say thank you so much. You know, just just looking at your success with this gym and, and 
take more importantly, taking your thesis and going out there and testing it, it just takes a lot of courage. And the fact that you're doing it, I think it's so awesome. I appreciate it. We appreciate it, man. I think it's cool because I think Team Builder and Lockroom have had a really good two years. Um, and we've kind of done that together. And we, I think, you know, we hopefully help you guys. Um, and you've obviously helped us enormously. So it's been fun. Yeah, no, it's it's good to do it together. That's the best way to do it. So that's awesome, man. Nice. Howdy, thank, thanks, everyone, for, for attending. And uh, thanks for showing up. And look forward to doing the next one. Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Team Builder Podcast. If you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you would like us to discuss on our format, go ahead and reach out to me. My email is hewitt at teambuilder.com. Thanks again for listening.